So we have a special guest on the episode this week. His name no, is you, Nate. Bro, sorry to interrupt you, but you have Son to start. Son of a I you, So you have to say, <laughs> and my name's Houston Mooneyham. You have to do that and then go into it. All right. Or else it's just going to be like, my name's Aaron. And then you're like, and we have a special guest. And my you name is right. Houston Mo- oh, Shut up. <laughs> hey, I don't operate off what y'all think I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I trust God. Yes, sir. And it's going to stay like that. I take pride in the what God got going. Slip, don't artists wake them up, toy on. I run with a king, so this prince got a charm. If they tell you when the difference is, we're just a false alarm. Welcome back to another episode of the Sons of the King podcast. My name is Aaron Goudreau. And my name is Houston Mooneyham. This week we have a special guest, um, especially special to me. Uh, his name is Nathan Russell. Um, he is my brother-in-law, so he is family. But the reason he's mostly special to me is because we have a, a friendship and a bond that's just, it's really unique and awesome. Since the very first time I met Nathan, it was funny. My wife and I, we, we were dating at the time. We went down to go meet her family and Nathan lives three hours south of where I live. Uh, we went to go visit them for the first time that I was meeting her family. And I met Nathan and we stayed up pretty much all night long just talking about Jesus. And I was newly saved at that point, probably just, I don't know, six, seven months into my walk with Jesus. And being able to sit down with Nathan uh, was such a huge blessing to me. We sat down and we we talked all night long. We prayed together. And I literally cried with this dude I had never met before. And since then, we built this special bond and connection that um, has really transformed over the years into something that's just, it means so much to me. Um, so I was really excited to have him on this episode because uh, we're going to be talking about prayer. And this is something that he is very passionate about and has dedicated his entire life to is a relationship with the Father um, and knowing God more um, and how to communicate with God through prayer. So um, we've got him on this week, and I, I really think that you guys are going to be blessed by his knowledge in prayer. So here we go. What's up? As Houston said, I am uh, Nathan Russell, Houston's brother-in-law, and I'm stoked to be on Sons of the King this week. I've been watching you guys from the beginning, recently ordered um, some merch, which I plan to order tons more in the future, and uh, from Kingdom Wear. And uh, anyways, yeah, I'm stoked to be on here with you guys. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Dude, it's a blessing I, to have you on. I hate doing intros. They're the worst. <laughs> Anything okay, that man, has Joey. a script, I freak out. Yeah, like even I a, even just a, not even a script, just like a little bit of like structure. Like, these are your lines. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> stay in this lane. I can't even handle it. Yeah, but um, before we start, before anything gets kicked off, I I just want to yeah. like personally thank you for making that order, man. It's uh it's nice to see support and uh people backing it and wanting to get the word of Jesus across. So we definitely appreciate it. If you guys want to place an order, hop over to kingdomware.shop, place your order today. And yeah, just want to thank you for that, man. Dude. And if I could speak into that really quick, your guys's, some of those designs and stuff are so sweet, but I would say the number one thing that I was so stoked about ordering the t-shirt that I got was the name of it. And I think it's like a dark maroon, but I think the name of it was like Ox Blood or something like that. Yeah, and I see that and I'm like, I gotta have it. It's it just <laughs> cool. So I don't know if that I don't know if I've just never heard that before or if it's a Canadian thing, but I was like, 
that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, it probably is a Canadian thing. Even no, though Shopify is an American store. I'll take that. That's cool. Yeah, we that is Canadian from now on. Yeah, it's not red, it's not maroon, it's oxblood. Yeah. It's kinda like it's kinda like old testament stuff. Like we sacrificed the bowl and we got it the blood and we made a t shirt out of it. There well, we go. Well, I've learned a lot because like now anytime I see someone with a beanie, I'm like, Hey, nice toque. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? So you're you're rubbing off on us down here in the States. Good, man. That's what we like to hear. Slowly yeah, taking thing, over. Yes, that's right. And the funny thing is Aaron actually says y'all now. All the time. I don't say you all or you guys anymore. Yeah. Especially because here in Canada, it's kind of like frowned upon to say you guys because there might be girls and stuff. And I always, I do it anyways. And so if you say y'all... It doesn't matter if yeah. it's a girl or a guy. So it right. makes it's sense. It's inclusive. Yeah. It's very no inclusive. So you're like, hey, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> I don't say a boot, okay? It's no, a, you, it's, it's about. It's about. Yeah, it's still about. It's still different. It's not but about. That's how it's spelled, though, is the thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But anyway. We're not getting into this right now. <laughs> anyway. All right. So we wanted to have Nathan on to talk about prayer. And Nathan, what we want from you is basically just for whatever God's put on your heart, just go ahead and share it with us. Um, I talked to you about a little bit about what we spoke about at the last of, you know, our last episode, the very end of it. Um, you know, just about praying in Jesus name and what that means. But I want you literally just to have the next 30 to 45 minutes or an hour, however long it ta- takes um, just to talk about, you know, the things that you feel like God wants to communicate through this podcast about prayer. So go for it, buddy. That's awesome. I appreciate that so much. And uh, I actually watched the that clip and the end of it uh, today, actually, when you uh, guys were speaking of like saying in Jesus name. And I thought that was such a good question. I had never thought of it before. And as I was thinking about it, I think it's one of those things that it's like a um, like a public display, because I, when you said that, I was trying to think and I'm like, I don't think that I do that in my personal prayers. I don't think that I'm like, God bless this day in Jesus name. I just talk. Right. And it's one of those things where in public we feel like we have to do it. and There's nothing wrong with it at all. But I would almost even compare it to um, like corporate worship, right? When we're in a church setting, it's really easy to do this and to raise our hands and to do those type of things. But I guess my big question is, is how often do we do that in private? You know, like we're not doing that. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's kind of the same in a sense of saying in Jesus name. Um, but it's probably more or less just to let everyone around you know that the prayer is over. Yes. It's yeah, not like it's completely like not biblical, but it is. I agree with you guys. It is kind of something that um, an an additive or you know whatever, but yeah. kind but, of kind of interesting. Yeah, and we got to clear it up. We're not praying in the name of Allah um, or Buddha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're wanting everybody to know we're praying in the name of Jesus. So this another thing works. another thing I heard too, um, talking about worship, there was somebody who was talking about. Um, when you go into into worship, you have to understand that there's already worship going on. Like the angels never stop worshiping God. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if I walk into a church and church has already started their, their worship setting, I'm not going to go and say, okay, guys, we can now start because I'm here. I'm here. 
So it's kind of like the same thing where we, at the beginning of a worship setting, you say, okay, guys, everybody stand and we, we would invite you to engage with wor- in worship with us. Yeah. But that's, that's like a, like you said, it's like a public setting. When you're at yeah. home, you just dive right into the worship that's already taking place, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's cool. true. Yeah, the worship continues twenty four seven around the throne. We're just, we're just jumping into it at any yeah. time. We don't have to announce, "Hey, I'm here." Okay, in Jesus' name, in I'm back. leaving right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah, so cool. true. That's yeah. a really good point. That's a really good point. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a few notes here, and I'm so stoked to talk about this. Houston knows I'm someone who just loves prayer, and I think that in the body of Christ around the globe. It is, I think any Christian would be like, oh, yeah, prayer is important. Um, but there's been this stigma attached to it where it's almost become to some that I've talked to is almost like a corny subject, you know, like it's um, like, oh, I'm going to pray praying for you or I'm going to pray for that or that type of thing. And the importance and the substance of what prayer really is, is just like this deep, obviously, connection, you know, that we have with the Father, that we have with Jesus and it is the way we communicate with him. Um, and so there's a, there's definitely a depth to it. Um, that is, I think for the body of Christ to be understood. So jumping into this, when Houston asked me to kind of talk about this, one of the first things I thought of something that I learned many years ago is in Luke 11, right? Um, the most, kind of eye-opening um, scripture about prayer and how important it is. And I'll actually read it. It's Luke 11, starting in verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. So this is talking about Jesus in the flesh. A certain place is an established place. So this is somewhere he had maybe been before, somewhere that he got up early and went to plenty of times, but um, the NIV says in a certain place, it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so this one disciple speaking on behalf of the rest of them, and he says, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, this is Luke 11. So it's like, here you have these disciples. And at this point, what had they seen Jesus do? I took notes of it once and I can't remember, but they had seen him cast demons out of people. They had seen the dead raised. They had seen the uh, blind people's eyes opened up. They'd seen these miraculous things that Jesus did. Yet when they had the opportunity to ask him a question, they said, teach us to pray. Mm. And I'm blown away by that. And I think the reason is, is because they seen his lifestyle. Like it starts out in Luke 11. It says Jesus was praying in a certain place. And if we look throughout the gospels, it's so clearly um, in other places as well. Um, it speaks of Jesus praying in lonely places. It says he was going off to the mountainside. He was getting up early. He was praying alone. And there, I think there's the, the great debate, you know, was Jesus fully man on the earth? Um, or was he fully God and fully man? You know, I've heard that debate brought up a lot. And I think either side could be debated. But one thing we know for sure is that Jesus was a man, right? He was fully man on the earth. Yeah. So here is Jesus, fully man on the earth, and he's, he's spending time in prayer. We know that the Father sent him from heaven. He came down from his throne to the earth, and he spends time in prayer. And it's just like this ridiculous 
thing that hardly makes sense. It's like, okay, Jesus, why are you having to pray? Why are you having to talk to your father? And then the disciples then asking him, teach us this, teach us why you do this. Um, one reason I would say that they asked him that, um, someone could look it up, but it's in Mark and it's one of those debatable scriptures, but it's where the disciples are um, trying to, I think they're trying to cast a demon out of someone and the it's not working. And when Jesus approaches them, they ask and they're like, um, hey, why, why isn't this working? And he says, you know, some of these things only work with with prayer and fasting. And um, I think the the debate in that scripture is like people would say, well, if I'm going to do that or pray for someone's healing or whatever, I don't need to go lock myself in a room and pray and fast and then go back and pray for them. And I've heard people say that before. Yet I think obviously what Jesus is saying in that scripture is that it's my lifestyle. I can do this because I live this lifestyle of praying and fasting. And he was inviting the disciples to do the same. He's saying, watch me do this and you guys mimic me and you guys live this lifestyle of prayer. Um, and so that that's the importance of it, obviously. Um, Houston, I know one thing that you asked, you're like, I want you to talk about how to pray. Um, yeah. And I think that that's one of those like extremely like simply answered things like, oh, you just talk to God like you're talking to a friend. Um, but we obviously know in Luke 11 and in the other gospels, Jesus gives an outline and he says, when you pray, you should pray like this. And so after the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus goes in and he's the first thing he says, he says, pray like this. He says, Father, hallowed be thy name. And he goes on, I'll just read it all. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Uh, give us today our daily bread, forgive our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Um, again, obviously Jesus isn't saying, you know, every day pray this prayer and that be your only prayer. But the outline of it, you know, it's one of those things. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the one who meditates on the word day and night. The one who has the word written on their heart and and trust in the word. And so I think when we obviously meditate on the word, it's reading it slow, going through it um, and applying it to our lives, obviously. But like this for years, the the prayer of Father, hallowed be thy name and the rest of it. It was something I just read over like it almost seemed like a lame scripture because it's like, well, my prayers are way, way more eloquent than this, Jesus. You know, like I'm praying these really cool prayers and you kind of gave us this weird outline. But really how I've applied that to my life and taught myself how to pray or learned how to pray was that before I do anything, Jesus so clearly shows um, glorify God. Right. And so he says, then ask for forgiveness, then ask for bread, then ask for your needs. And so. And it's not a, 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 like a commandment of like, you can't ever ask for a need before you tell Jesus you love him, you know, right. but that is how I try to um, place my, like in my daily life, like if I wake up early in the morning, if I have a pressing need, if I know that I have a list of people I want to pray for, or I want to pray specifically over our finances or just some stressful event that's going on in our life, um, I'm going to give that stuff time, obviously, but I never want to get so caught up in what is important to me that I want to ask God for that. He's not my number one, that I'm not going to him 
and showing him extravagant love and devotion and saying, like, God, regardless of the circumstances that I'm about to come and ask you to help me out with, I don't want to make those more important than just you and who you are. And I think really that's what Jesus was pointing out there when he says the first thing you should pray is, Father, glorious, you know, is your name and, and bringing that to the conversation and that being the number one priority when you sit down to pray is just to talk to God about how cool he is and how amazing he is. And the, the, the neat thing about that is, um, for, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a youth pastor or a student pastor. I know you guys spoke about that once. Um, there's kind of a, a miscommunication on what Houston used to be, whether it was a student pastor or a youth. <laughs> to me, it's but, the yeah. same thing, but Aaron yeah. was like, does that mean student pastor? I'm like, right. no, yeah. youth yeah. pastor, we think you'd only teach the youth. That but... is the youth, the students. <laughs> <laughs> so Dude, maybe it's different. I yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, our, uh, I actually like the term student pastor better. Um, just because, but yeah, it's, um, we do, I, I do seventh through 12th grade as the, is the students or the youth that I do. And then our church has a ministry also for like, um, kindergartners through sixth grade. And then, um, that is called, they call that kids ministry. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. See, we have all the same stuff. We have student pastors, but the student <laughs> pastor is usually right under the, like following the senior pastor. Right. Like, trying to and he'll do like services for the like the congregation gotcha and then youth youth leaders would be this the youth youth pastors over there but anyways that's a whole other topic that's interesting (laughs) different way different but um our uh our statement for our and i've only been doing this for about six months but our statement for our youth group is um growing in the knowledge of god and so that we get that out of Colossians chapter one, verse 10. And, and Paul says to the Colossians, he says, grow in your knowledge of God. And the apostle Paul actually says that a ton of times throughout his later letters. Peter talks about it, um, about growing in your knowledge of God. And so that when Jesus is like, you know, before you do anything, glorify your father in heaven, that's kind of hard to do if you don't have a knowledge of God, right? So it would get kind of boring to sit around and just say, you know, Jesus, like, thank you for saving me. That's most of the time what people are are so thankful about is like, I have salvation now, right? I'm not going to hell. Like it's this big celebration, yet there's this depth and this truth of who God is, right? His, his majesty and his glory is unending. We're going to be a million years into eternity and still be learning new truths about who he is. And so when the apostle Paul says, grow in your knowledge of God, he's like, you know, I kind of tie that scripture in with that Luke 11, where Jesus is teaching us to pray of um, Father, hallowed be your, your name, because truly that's what it is. It's like this respect and this glory forever and ever and ever. And so learning to pray or me giving advice to someone to pray is like that has to be number one is growing in your understanding of who God is so that he's always the center of your conversation and not just um because I think it's a very common thing and it's not a bad thing but to come and just be like god I need this I need this I need this mm-hmm. and the amazing thing is he wants to give those things to you he I mean it's so clear in scripture he says ask and it will be given but yet there's there's more of a depth to prayer and a greater understanding of it that needs to be um understood in the body of Christ other than just going to god for our needs yeah so, that makes sense 
Yeah, and I want to ask you something, and I would hate mm-hmm. to pinpoint prayer and make it like this is your specific thing, Nathan, because right. obviously you're a great, you know, uh, husband, a father, a son. You're a student pastor, um, so you've got all these things going. Uh, but mm-hmm. it seems like the common theme throughout my um, friendship with you is this steady, like, flow of growing in your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always make that my, like, when I think of prayer, I think of you. Um, and so how has prayer, I, I want to ask, because growing in this knowledge of who God is and how to pray and glorify him through your prayers, how has that changed your life? And maybe, maybe it hasn't changed your life a ton, but maybe, like, what has it done for you specifically that you can pinpoint and say, hey, this has changed in my life because of the progression of my prayer life or the growing of my prayer life? Has there been any, like, you know, things that have changed throughout your life because, like, just that that passion of prayer? You know what I'm yeah. saying? That is such a good question. And I would say absolutely. Um, and even more so recently. Um, but it's it's this one thing. Jesus teaching us to pray um, or how we're taught to pray even through our churches is Jesus said, ask. And so that's what we're taught to do, ask. And when we ask, what are we doing most of the time? We're asking for God to bless our circumstances, right? We need um, better relationships. We need uh, more money. We need financial prosperity. We need those things. And those things are a gift from God, obviously. But what I learned in my early days of walking with Jesus, my prayers consisted mostly of asking God for better circumstances, again, which is totally a biblical thing. But when I do that, and that is my main conversation with the Father, then I am—I have my eyes completely focused on this life and what is physical and what is happening now. And what I've learned and grown in and gr- having a desire to grow in my knowledge of God and learning how to spend hours glorifying God with my mouth is it has given me a heart and a mindset for eternity and truly seeing so clearly that this life is a vapor and that although God does want to bless my circumstances now he wants me to focus my heart and mind into a billion years from now right into what I'm going to be doing then and so a question that we've asked our our students in our youth ministry multiple times over the past six months is, Hey guys, you know, what is your five-year plan? You know, and you can kind of see them sitting there. We'll give them a few minutes and they'll think, you know, and you'll kind of see them getting an image of their mind of where they expect to be in the next five years, whether it's graduated from high school or just entering high school, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And then after they've kind of got that in their mind, we'll ask them, okay, what's your 5,000 year plan? You know, and then, you see the eyes like, oh my gosh, like I've never thought of that before. And right. it's like, that that's truly what we're mm-hmm. living for. And we look over it. So I would say through prayer, through growing in my knowledge of God and getting my eyes, although I do pray for my circumstances very often, getting my eyes off that and wanting to glorify God more and learn more about him through praying, um, that has shifted my lifestyle completely. And I feel like it's made me when we do that, it makes us um, a better husband, a better father, um, you know, insert occupation there like that. It makes you better at everything that you do when you have your your mindset focused on 
the throne and eternity, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and incorporating that to your prayer life. So that's absolutely awesome question. Cool. Yeah. It makes me think of, uh, I think it's in Colossians. Um, and it's, uh, put your, put your mind on heavenly things and, and not on earthly things. So it makes mm-hmm. me think of that, but it also makes me think of, have you seen the string illustration? Have you guys seen it where it's like this whole, like, and I'm using a pen, but like this this is like say this is like all of eternity and obviously there's a start and a finish to this which doesn't really um match up but you take like the very end of the string or the very tip of the pin and you're like this is literally your life that you're living right now your your life on earth and then you've got all of this after you know and so it makes me think when you're praying you know if you're asking god just to bless your circumstances every day or fix what's going on in your life and all of your focus is on just those few things that happen in the short time that's on earth, you're completely missing out on all the things that are coming in the future beyond this life um, that are our ultimate blessing. You know what I mean? For sure. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I know there, even in, in my own personal prayer life, like when, when it, like you said, when it shifted from it being about, Lord, help me through this situation or... Lord, help these people overcome this. Or like when it was less of a questioning and it turned more to, Lord, you're so amazing. You're so, you're so gracious. I love you for loving me first. Like when it just, it turned and it came to a place of, of thankfulness, it just like skyrocketed my intimacy with God. Yeah. It was, it took yeah. it to a whole new level and it just That's felt awesome. so incredible. So yeah, I, I feel that. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. That's cool. That, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I think um, it must have been probably summer last year. I downloaded this app because I was trying to learn how to pray because I feel like <laughs> don't make fun of me. Listen There's an app this. for that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's so many apps for that. I think I sent one to Nathan. Didn't I send you one one time? I'm like, hey, get this app. This is really cool. You're probably like, dude, that's so elementary. <laughs> but um, it uh, this app because before, so I grew up in. Um, And so I've introduced myself and my story, you know, just briefly, but, um, my dad was a pastor. The thing was though, is he pastored like a Sunday night service. Um, and then Sunday morning we were a part of a church that my dad says that we were like in the mission field trying to bring people into the truth. And so I won't go into that. That can be a different episode maybe. Um, but anyway, in within that church that we were going to Sunday mornings in, praying was strange. It was like you literally would type up a prayer and you would read the typed out prayer. Like if someone was like praying over the service or something, they'd be reading a piece of paper. It wasn't like just speaking from your heart, you know, to the father. It was like, okay, we need to like highlight these things and say these things in our prayer and, and then like worship. And so I said a couple weeks ago on the worship episode, like I still sometimes feel uncomfortable raising my hands all the time because the I didn't grow up like that. And so prayer for me, like it took a long time for me to feel comfortable praying out loud. And then when I started praying out loud, I started feeling self-conscious because my prayers don't sound very educated, like in a way where it's like I'm spending time in the word and I'm spending time with Jesus. But then what was coming out of my mouth was just like, I just didn't know how to pray. You know what I mean? And so I remember I downloaded these apps and, and one of this, one of these apps that I got, Um, it had you like say the Lord's prayer. Like it just like put it up on the screen and you would read it and it would say, it's not about the words that are necessarily in the word in the Lord's prayer, but it's more about the structure of the prayer and how it works. And so exactly Nathan, what you were talking about, you start out with like our father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
And so you just say like, Lord, there's nobody like you. You're incredible. Your, your mercy, your grace, your leadership mm-hmm. is like no other. Um, you're the beginning, you're the end. And so it's like just glorifying God for all that he is. Um, and like you were saying, Aaron, it completely transforms your life, um, like your intimacy with God and things like that. After I started doing that, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like the connection that I have with the Father in my prayer life is totally different. And so, yeah, this the structure of prayers are really important, I think. Not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily about what you say, but more how you say it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and then I was going to say something else, too. Um, kind of like on the line, like basically about you, Nathan. Something that used to crack me up about you, even up until just several months ago, is <laughs> you're, you're so... Like in my mind, I've been like, this guy is so weirded out on prayer. It like is strange to me and it didn't make any sense. Like, yeah. I don't know if we can put this in the episode, but um, if, if you don't like it, Nathan, we'll just take it right out. But you, <laughs> Aaron, you got to understand this dude was nuts. He literally would lock himself in a shed in his backyard for hours in a day. And before he had that shed, he was locking himself in a closet for hours a day. And I think it was it on Mondays or Thursdays or something. You would literally yeah. just sit in your closet all day long or go sit in your <laughs> all day long. And I'm like, this dude's a freak. <laughs> I look li- like if I pray for more than five minutes, I'm like, all right, I don't know what to pray about anymore. And right, I'll literally yeah. talk to him at the end of the day. And he's like, yeah, I was in there for seven hours. <laughs> like, what did you do? Right. Like play paper, rock, scissors and tic-tac-toe with the Lord. Like, I don't know what you did after five minutes. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Can you talk that. about that a little bit? Like, what was, what happened in that season, and what did you get out of it? And if you don't <laughs> want that to be in the episode, I totally understand. <laughs> no, um, no, it's it's totally fine, and uh, not for, um, you know, Jesus was obviously very clear about um, uh, expressing your, um, I guess, your relationship with God and how to do that in a way that. I think that there's an encouraging way and then there's a boastful way. And so just as a disclaimer, I would like everyone to know that as I talk about this, it is not boastful at all. But yeah, I want you to be encouraged. It's not boastful, it's just weird, but keep going. (laughs) That was a great question because it goes into my next, um, the next note that I had to talk about. Anyway, so that's perfect. Um, So we see um, in the word, okay, I love... There's a scripture, um, man, and I'm not going to be able to remember. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, I believe. And um, what Paul says, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to go to it really quick. Just, just say it and I'll type it in. Ooh, perfect. Okay. So some you people, found I, I found it. So it's Ephesians 3, um, chapter 5, or chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5. And um, Paul is talking about, how the, and you guys talked about it, um, I think your last episode, um, about like Gentiles not being under the law and stuff. Um, but obviously when... Are we about to be rebuked? I when, feel no, rebuked. no, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so when Paul obviously started preaching to the Gentiles, some of the Jewish believers had issue with that. And they're like, whoa, 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 this is for Israel and Israel alone. And um, so Paul says in verse 5 here, he says... Um, which was not made known to people in any other generation as it has been revealed by the Spirit of God um, 
or by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Um, the mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. And so um, that you're probably thinking like, where, how does this pertain to prayer? And it doesn't, you kind of, it's like an abstract thing where you like skew your eyes and really look <laughs> and it's okay. Here, here it is. It was so obvious that the, even to us now, as we read through the old Testament, like, Oh, this is like Abraham getting the blessing, but yet saying it's going to bless the entire world. Okay. We, we could see so clearly that that was a prophetic word that us as Gentiles were going to receive salvation. Yeah. But yet even these Jewish men and women who knew the scriptures well were in such disagreement with what the word of God said. Right. And so I believe that there are mysteries. I believe that there are things in the word that the Holy spirit has in the word, but he highlights at different points in history. Um, and I can only think of one, one that I'm passionate about, and it is prayer and worship. And I believe that just as Paul said, this was in scripture forever, but it's now just made light. The Holy Spirit revealed it now in this generation, even though it's been a prophetic word since the beginning. I think that um, in, let me see where I have it written down here. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to find it. Oh, Matthew 21. Jesus, I think it's where Jesus goes into the um, into the temple courts and they're like exchanging money and he's like flipping tables and he's so mad and he I'm says, that Jesus. Yeah, That's my Jesus. That yeah, revelation. Says, yeah, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> um, but he says, as it is written, my house will be called the house of prayer. And there again, there's another scripture that it's like so easily like, oh, cool, Jesus, you're calling your house a house of prayer. That's fantastic. And then we move on. But yet, what does that mean? Right? What does that mean? And I, I personally believe that Jesus was pointing to the end times. We're in the end times um, uh, in some fashion. The early church spoke of it being the end times then. Um, so obviously it's the end times now, whether that, times. you know, that's a hundred years away or five years away. Um, but I believe that Jesus was speaking of his end time church. The people who were living in those days was that prayer and worship were going to be a huge priority. And it has been right. We see all of these churches, like you could go on YouTube and, um, watch worship and prayer videos like all day long, right? It has been so highlighted in this generation and not to the whole body of Christ, but I would say a very large majority of it. Um, prayer ministries there, I think they say back in 19, um, let's say the 1980s, there were like 25 known 24-7 um, prayer ministries on the earth. And in 2021, there's like over 20,000 across the globe ministries mm -hmm. that have worship and prayer for 20, like 24 hours um, a day, seven days a week. And so it's a huge passion of mine because I feel like specifically God has highlighted that in my heart. Um, I believe that every believer is so crystal clear in the word that we should all have a prayer life. I think that why some people get discouraged is because everyone's prayer life and everyone's relationship with Christ is going to look a little different. So like I um, have made it a priority in my life. I have had a job for years 
doing insurance to where I had a lot of free time, a lot of driving time. And so I made it a priority to have specific times to pray. My wife is a stay at home mom. And so of twins. And so her prayer life looks so much different than mine, yet it is so much treasured by the father, right? Both of ours are treasured by the father. He loves it, but yet they look different um, because I have way more free time probably than my wife does. Um, I felt a specific call to prayer in 2014. Um, this is weird that I'm even saying this because it's one of those things that people would be like, oh, that's just so weird. Uh, but only a few people know this. So one one day, 2014, I'm sitting um, at my kitchen table and I'm home alone. We don't have children yet. My wife is, is at work and I'm sitting there and I'm just reading the Bible and I'd been kind of praying and I was just like, felt really excited. I felt like I had just, I don't know, something special that day. And um, I, it just seemed like I had a, a huge grace to read the word. Like it wasn't hard, you know, it was just like, I felt like I was getting a lot. So anyways, sitting there praying. And um, as I'm, I'm sitting at the table, I have my hands up like this. And I'm just like, how my eyes goes. And I'm like, Lord, I love this. And I just felt like I could feel the presence of God. And as I'm praying, my, I have my eyes closed in my hands. Like I can just kind of like feel my body moving, but I wasn't like, it wasn't that I was being controlled. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. But anyways, I'm following you. I'm following after a few you. minutes, going. I get into this position where my hands are like this and my head goes like that. And I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about it, but it just kind of happened. And about as soon as I was in this position, I heard so clearly, not audibly. I wish it was, it was audible to my ear, but just like deep down, I heard these words, this is where I want you. And I was like blown away. Hmm. Well, going forward, I'm like, okay, God, you want me to pray? You want this to be a big deal? Well, I then had a bunch of different encounters where um, I began to learn that there are actually believers on this earth that pray as a full-time occupation, right? But they would be called um, intercessors, right? And that's a biblical term, is an intercessor, someone who intercedes um, for others. And so if we're praying for our mom to receive salvation, if we're praying for our best friend to get healed, if we're praying for this, that, or the other, we're an intercessor into their situation. We're saying, Father, I'm speaking on their behalf that you would do something special for them, right? And so there are believers on the earth who raise support as missionaries. Um, people fund their ministry and they sit and they pray like 40, 50 hours a week. Um, for missionaries and for different things. And so if you look into the prayer and worship movement and uh, missions movement, these missionaries that are going overseas, they're like the, they're like, this is just in part, like we're, these people are getting saved and healed because we're going to them, right? It's the second commandment. It's us loving them and going to their country or going to the homeless in Los Angeles or wherever and speaking the name of Jesus. But yet we're empowered by the intercessors who are praying constantly and consistently for us. And so that's what gave me such a passion for it. And I felt like the Lord called me specifically to that ministry to be an intercessor and not necessarily full-time where it would be like 50 hours a week, but just that it would be more than maybe like the average person's prayer life. And so I won't say like specifically how many minutes or hours I may pray in a week, but I put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it um, because I've seen the fruit of it and read countless testimonies of it, right? And testimonies obviously fuel us and encourage us. And so hearing about 
um, other people who felt led or called to this ministry um, and how it has shaped and changed their life or they've seen um, other people's circumstances changed through their prayers um, has just absolutely encouraged me and changed my life in that way. And so why, like, why have I done that? Why have I spent hours in my shed um, or whatever the case may be? You're um, a Jesus freak. It's right. It's because freak. of that. But it's because I believe in, and I'm going to say the corny line, I believe in the power of prayer. Right. I believe in the power of intercession and speaking um, over people's lives. And I'm going to go on for just like a couple more minutes. Um, and then I'll, you guys can, can have any comments. But I see, okay, here's something that I love. And something that I thought of earlier. So like sometimes we'll read the Old Testament and we'll read the stories and we'll read the different things and then we'll read the New Testament. Sometimes it's kind of hard to, to pull them together. Some people have a hard time with that. But one thing that I love is like we read the story of Noah, right? And that has more than not become a Sunday school story, right? That's something that we talk to little kids about, right? Because it's just like this cool story about how God saved the world or <laughs> God destroyed the world, but God saved uh, uh, seven people or however many it was. Yeah. And kids and love animals. So it, yeah, exactly. It's got the animals. It's got all the flashy things that kids like. And so it's kind of become this distant thing. Yet when Jesus was speaking of the end times he said those days will be like in the days of noah and he brings this old story right into our current reality he's like those days are going to be like the days of noah and so i look at every old testament story and i guess try to pull it into our reality now and and see how god is working but daniel so that was just kind of like a weird side note thing but daniel chapter 10 um it gives us such an insight into what prayer is, what fasting does, and how it works and brings like a spiritual reality and makes changes in the physical world. And in Daniel chapter 10, um, Daniel has a vision and it's like he's really distraught and concerned about like what he saw and he's trying to figure it out. And I'll actually flip to it real quick just so I can read it. Um, all right, so Daniel chapter 10, um, he says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Um, its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. And then Daniel goes to say, he says, At that time, I, Daniel, I mourned for three weeks, and I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lip, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Um, it kind of goes in and it describes the vision that he had. And then in verse 12, um, an angel comes and meets Daniel to tell him about the vision or the dream, whichever it was. But here's what's interesting. Daniel clearly says right at the beginning of 10, it says he fasted for three weeks. So for 21 days, he abstained from like delicious food that he had access to and he didn't do he pretty much lived um he still ate but he he didn't he wasn't satisfied he didn't give himself comfort th for three weeks because he wanted to understand this message and so here's what this angel says the angel says do not be afraid daniel 
since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So now we see this angel shows up and it, he gives us a different perspective. Daniel told us that he fasted for three weeks. Well, this angel tells us that Daniel was also praying during those three weeks. So Daniel has this vision. He's concerned about it. He doesn't understand it. So for three weeks, he fasts food, some food, and he prays for these three weeks. The angel tells Daniel immediately his words went to the throne room. God, the Father, heard them immediately. He goes on, and the angel says, I came in response to your prayers, to what you prayed for the last three weeks. I have come in response to them. But why did it take three weeks for the angel to bring the message to Daniel? So verse 13, the angel says, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. So the 21 days that you've been praying and fasting, I've been fighting a demon. This prince of the Persian kingdom, this is a demon that's over that area, and the demon is resisting the angel. When the angel's trying to bring him the message, it says, then Michael, one of the chief princes, so we know that's the archangel Michael in heaven, it says this chief prince came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. But Michael helped him overcome that demon, and it says, now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Mind blow. This gives us such a depth and insight to prayer that is like we kind of see what the New Testament says about prayer, and then we're like, forget about this simple Daniel 10 reality that shows us that when we speak God's words, when we ask for things, when we glorify God, whatever the case may be, our, our words are immediately heard. They go to heaven. We're not praying to, you know, we're not just like speaking good vibes into the air, yet we're speaking to a real person. We're speaking to someone sitting on the throne and asking him to come and help us or whatever we may be asking for. It says our words are heard immediately. God sends the message. God's like, here, here. but I guess we've heard people say this before. What if Daniel would have only prayed for 15 days, right? What if Daniel would have only prayed for 10 days? Because the angel said, by the 21st day, then, then the breakthrough came, and now I'm here to, to um, give you this message that you had been asking for. And so the deep reality of prayer is that Jesus, it's a... Jesus wants us to be, it's like our relationship with him, right? It is a two-way street where if we don't communicate with him, there's, there's not a whole lot of communication. And he has all these things for us and he lays them out and they're like, here they are, but you have to kind of walk and go get them. He says, when you pray, he even, I think it might be in Luke 11 as well, he talks about praying audaciously. He says, you know, you show up at your friend's house in the middle of the night and you knock on the door and he doesn't get out of bed because everyone's asleep and it's the middle of the night. But he says, I promise you, if you keep knocking on the door, your friend's going to get up and give you the bread that you asked for, whatever it is. He's like, this is the same way that it works with your father. It's the audacious. It's you keep asking for it. And when we do that, when we keep asking, number one, there's a spiritual battle happening, right? Demons don't want us receiving things from the Father. And Aaron, you said it last week, is, um, or you didn't say it last week, but you said it in one of your clips as far as um, this is Satan's kingdom, right? He, he, he's uh, ruling the air or whatever. And so we can see biblically how demons can resist that stuff happening, but yet it's our prayer and our perseverance in prayer 
that we see those breakthrough happens and we don't know when that breakthrough is going to come. So it's like you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, especially if it's a promise in the word, if it is God saying, I, I, I'm going to do this, or if you lay your hands on sick people, they will get well. It's the consistency in doing it, the audacious, um, fervent, like prayer lifestyle. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Mark when he said, it's by prayer and fasting that you see those things happen. He wasn't say go pray and fast for the day and then come back. He said, live that lifestyle and you'll see these things, you know, you'll see these breakthroughs happen. So, um, and that all just ties in together, you know, with the power of the tongue and our words and the negative things we speak versus the positive things we speak, right? And how we, we literally see people who may do, be depressed or deal with anxiety or just have a terrible life and they're constantly speaking negative things versus like the happy-go-lucky person that's always in a good mood. Those people are constantly speaking positive things. And so that that's another reason why we pray is because it's the power of our tongue. It's what we're saying. It's how, um, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you know, Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart, you know, uh, save me. It's how the Father spoke the earth into existence, right? Uh, let there be light, you know? And so it's like this, there's, there's so many sides to it, but, um, to, uh, I feel like I went on a huge tangent there, but to go back to the original, uh, question of why do I do it? It's because of those things. It's, it's because I see in the word so clearly, um, that prayer is something that God wants us to do because it's how we connect with him and it's how we grow in our love for him. Yet it's also a means of how we get things. Jesus said, if you ask, you will receive, which shows us so clearly that there are specific things that we can only get if we ask for them, right? He wants us. And then that, what does that do? That deepens our relationship with him. And it gives us a piece of the relationship where it's not just God throwing down the stuff, but yet um, we become more thankful for him and we become more in love with him when we ask him of something and then he comes through for us right and then we're just like oh my gosh like thank you for answering that thank you for for doing what you promised you would do and so yeah that that's my heart on prayer and i i feel a specific you know call to do it um so so maybe some people spend 50 hours in prayer a week um but there's nothing wrong for the person who spends one hour in prayer or, you know, whatever your lifestyle looks like. But I, I do think it's something that the Holy Spirit is highlighting in this generation. And I think that it's something that especially young people, but old people alike and anyone can jump into is that create that lifestyle, you know, make that a priority. Um, and I think that it's, it empowers us um, to be, like we said earlier, better husbands, fathers, wives, mothers, better co-workers, better friends, better leaders. Um, I heard a statistic once, I, I have no idea how true it is. I've never looked it up, but I heard someone say once that like the average American pastor prays for three minutes a day. And you know, you don't wanna judge people and be like, you need to pray more. No, but it's like, okay, I think you could see that in some leaders' lifestyles of like seeing how their ministries thrive versus how some don't, um, dependent upon what their prayer life is like because it's their them asking for the father for like an outpouring of the spirit or you know whatever the case may be um 
but yeah, sorry, you guys. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on any of that. <laughs> Aaron, do you have anything? Man, that's really cool. And I, one one thing that really jumps out is like, like you said, in asking you shall receive. But it's like, you you, it always comes back to like the, an overtone of this podcast. Almost has been about analyzing the state of the heart. And so like it does like you could be asking for things and then God comes through and provides. But then it's it's in turn like, oh, OK, sweet. I cashed that check. Now I'm just going to wait till I need another ca- check check cash. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then it's like realizing that that builds an intimacy between you and God. And that intimacy makes you want to seek his face even in times when you don't need anything, you know. And yeah, that's that's really cool. That is, yeah, that's a good point, Aaron. Seeking his face, even when we don't need anything, we just want to glorify him or just hang out with him in prayer. Um, I I think, too, um, now that I'm kind of looking at my life after those things that you talked about, Nathan, I'm, I'm almost wondering if, and actually I know for sure, in my life and a lot of other Christians, it comes down to spiritual laziness, where yeah. we say we love God, but we don't want to give him anything. Mm-hmm. We're always just wanting something from him. Yeah. Um, and instead, and we'll, we'll give him an hour when we want something. Yeah. Like yeah. We'll sacrifice that. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. We'll give him an hour on Sunday morning and then maybe like, you know, a 30 second prayer here and there whenever we need something from him. But other than that, we're just lazy. We're not going to press in um, because, it, yeah, like that 21 day, um, you know, perseverance uh, with Daniel. Um, who the heck? Seriously, like I wonder what the statistics would be. What, how many Christians are going to spend 21 days praying for an answer on something, um, or or are we just more apt to say, okay, well, I prayed, you know, once or twice for 10 seconds and nothing happened, and I said in yeah. Jesus' name four times and nothing happened. So, but just may not be His will for me to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like so, the ballot. The ballot's been sent in. Now I just yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah. It's in your court now, God, you know, yeah. and then we just kind of give up on it because we, literally, and I think a lot of people's prayers are probably like just 10 second prayers. God, help me to get this. Please bless this in Jesus name. Amen. And then we just wait. And then when it doesn't come, we're like, well, guess it wasn't his will. That sucks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, God. You know, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that that's another thing is like there are um, so many, not that it should be confusing, but it's like I feel like there's different types of prayer you know like you have your intercession where you're praying for people you have almost like your worship type prayer where like it's your prayer like glorifying god um but something that i've even learned like super recently is like having like prayer that doesn't include words almost like where it would be waiting upon the lord and that's something that it's like we to me is so important of taking that time, even like when we're reading the word, you know, it's like, you know, some of us may want to like read, you know, a proverb a day to keep the devil away or, you know, whatever funny thing we could come up with. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yet when I see Psalms, one says meditate on the word and I read through, like I want to read a couple of scriptures and then stop and just ask like, okay, Holy Spirit, would you highlight something here? Is there something of importance that I could grab? And me doing that and spending multiple minutes or even hours on one specific verse or days, you know, maybe it's one thing and it's like, I can't move. I just have to keep reading this verse. And the things that the Spirit unlocks 
to our hearts when we just spend time and listen um, grows our prayer life even more because then it provokes us to want to do it, you know, more often. Um, but again, I think the encouragement to people is to understand like everyone's lifestyle is going to be different and it's just about doing it. And I think with prayer, Houston, you, I mean, said it and you said it jokingly, um, but so many people do deal with it. And it's that I sit down to pray and I'm like two minutes in and I'm bored out of my mind and I've went through my prayer list and it's like, now what? And what I've learned over the years that changed the way that I relate to God and changed my prayer life is doing this one thing is understanding that prayer starts as a discipline and it goes the same for reading the word. It starts as a discipline, but it turns into a delight. So it starts as something that you have to structure yourself in. It starts as something that maybe you have to like set times for and you have to set your mind to it, say, I'm doing this. And you do that consistently and God speaks to your heart enough and you have that connection. You get to the place where you're like, I can't live without it. I have mm -hmm. to do it because I know that when I speak, God's hearing me. Um, and I know that when I read, he's opening up my eyes and I'm growing in my knowledge of God. And so it's about setting yourself to do it and just doing it saying, I'm no matter what, I'm going hard after this because what we do and what we'll fall into as Jesus said in these days, people will grow offended. So the one thing that I don't want to do is neglect prayer and neglect the word. So when God is doing stuff on the earth, I don't want to grow offended at his leadership. If I read the word, I know, and I'm not going to know everything perfectly, but I want to understand how God operates. I want to understand the the deep truths of God so that if there's something going on in the earth, I know that I'm not resisting what God's doing. Um, and I think that's one of the things Jesus was speaking of when he said in those days, people will grow offended. Now we live in 2021 where you cannot do anything without offending somebody. So it's like, we see this happening now. Um, the other thing is um, Romans, um, I believe 10 or 12, Houston, you would probably know, but uh, Paul is just speaking of the Jewish uh, uh, people, um, Pharisees specifically, I think. And he says that they um, had zeal with no knowledge. He said, and because of that, because they had passion for God, yet no knowledge of God, they created their own righteousness. They created their own idea of who God was. That's the other thing I don't want to do. I don't want to hear a couple teachers teach me something, mix that with my zeal and passion for Jesus and run off talking and proclaiming something that isn't biblical. But I know that if I read the word and I pray the word and I talk to God often, that um, I'm going to have a, a truth and a knowledge that I'm confident in that I know is biblical. Um, and that's a dangerous place to be is to say, I have an extreme passion for Jesus. I'm telling people about Jesus, but I don't read the word and I don't pray that much. And so then what are you telling them? You're telling them the ideas of who God is in your head, right? Mm -hmm. Because of, you know, something you heard someone say, but it's not truth. And so that's, you know, another reason, you know, why do we pray? Why do we read the word is because of those reasons. We don't want to be offended at God and we don't want to create ideas of God that are not aligned with the word. So, yeah, that's good. <clears throat> that's Romans 10 too. Okay. Good. Yeah. 
That's did good. you know right. that off the top of your head or did you look it up? I looked it up. I thought it was really sweet of you to say, yeah, Houston will probably know this. <laughs> that was nice of you. Uh, it says, uh, for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. I figured you would know because we've uh, had some disagreements about uh, Romans 9, 10, and 11. So I figured you would know that off the top of your head. <laughs> you really going to out me on Romans 9? <laughs> we haven't even talked about that yet. and You're going to out me on that. It's funny. People are going to look up Romans 9 and be like, oh, right. he's a Calvinist. <laughs> no, That's I'm not. Funny. That's funny. I don't like to talk about that anymore. It makes people mad at me. We'll cut that part out because I didn't mean to out you. No, it's okay. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time you outed me. You outed me in a, in a group chat one, or a group text one time. And then I was the butt of everybody's jokes that I was the Calvinist in the group. And Aaron... Uh, yeah, we're not even going to talk about it. Anyway. <laughs> to this day. Yeah. No, it's okay. I love Romans 9. Me too. Yeah. For different reasons. Yeah, for different reasons. <laughs> but um, anyway, what I want to do before we jump off is, um, Aaron, if you have anything to add, um, I want you to say whatever you think. But then also I want Nathan to pray before we get off. Just so we can we can analyze his structure and his prayer, <laughs> and then pick it apart later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I also um, and Aaron clip this part out. I want to re-record the intro thirty seconds. Now okay, that I'm, cool. Oh, you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so I I think uh, something that's really cool um, and that God has ac- actually revealed a lot of things to me in is those quiet moments that you talked about. Yeah. Where it's like. <clears throat> we can come to God and we can talk about what we need or just simply tell him how great he is. But then taking those those moments and just sitting and being quiet and waiting for him to move, waiting for him to speak, I think that's... I, I've had a lot of things revealed to me in those moments. Yeah. And a lot of times, well, pretty much every time, um, like I, I've mentioned this before, but God... Like for me, God doesn't speak in an audible voice. And for me, it's like he'll plant thoughts. So I'll think God's thoughts. And uh, so many times it's in those quiet moments where I'm not thinking about anything. All of a sudden, someone comes to mind where it's like, I haven't thought about that person in like three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's definitely that's that's been a big a big part of my prayer life is is quietly waiting on God. And giving him time to move, you know. I love that. That's that's really, yeah, that's really good. That reminds me of um, this this whole little segment here. It reminds me of First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen, and it's um, rejoice always. And then verse seventeen is pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Verse eighteen, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That verse seventeen, pray without ceasing. Um, I, I, I do think that, uh, obviously that's not about just like blabbing, you know, your mouth all day in prayer. Um, but just being in a state of prayer where, um, you're constantly in that state where you're ready to receive from God, but also, um, dedicating your thoughts to him and your prayers mm-hmm. to him and all things. Um, it's a, it's a lifestyle is exactly what it is. And I yeah. think Nathan, you, um, exemplify that in ways that I hadn't seen in a whole lot of other people. And that's not a, I'm not trying to like, you know, cause you said you didn't want to want it to be a boasting thing. It's just something that I've seen with your life is that that pray without ceasing that lifestyle of prayer is something that you have, 
really become passionate about and you live that out. So yeah. thank you so much for, for coming on and talking with us. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one, one more thing. Um, if that's cool, which I know we can, you guys are clipping stuff and doing all that fancy stuff. But one thing, no, we're um, not, we're not Aaron. <laughs> okay. Aaron. Okay. <laughs> So Aaron is the the hard worker, clip master, <laughs> clip master. I'm, I'm the thumbnail master. Yeah, when I heard yeah. him say that, I was like, "Oh, cool! He designated Houston a nice little job." <laughs> to be Keep him busy, <laughs> dude. I've tried to make like cool little one minute clips before of like doing cool stuff, and that takes forever. Like you could spend an hour editing a one minute clip, so I can't imagine yeah. doing thirty yeah. minutes or an hour. Bro, shoot him over to Aaron. Aaron will take care of it for you. Yeah. Anyone that. else? Anyone hard. watching this? You want some editing done? Like Houston <laughs> said, throw it my way. I guess. Heck yeah, <laughs> love that. Praise God. Um, I love your heart, Aaron. Okay, keep going. Okay, I'll say this really quick. So, um, if so, like some things that I love to do is I have a list of uh, what I've heard people call apostolic prayers. And it's like prayers out of Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 3, 1 Thessalonians. There's like, I don't know, 10 or 12 of them. Um, and it's prayers that, like, I'll just read one of them, for example. Like one that I love to pray all the time out of Ephesians 1. Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know him better. So that's like one of my huge prayers that I pray almost daily, whether I'm praying over our students at church, our church family, the global body, a specific person. I'll say, Father, give them wisdom and revelation so that they would know you better. Um, so when when we pray, I, I would say 90% of my prayers a lot of times are just scriptures, things that Paul prayed to specific churches. I'll, I'll pray those same prayers or whatever. But one that I wanted to highlight um, and kind of tell a quick testimony on, Ephesians 3, 16, Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I think there's a translation that says in your inner man, so he's saying, I pray that the glorious father would strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner man. And so I heard someone teach once about praying prayers that strengthen your inner man. And I will say this, I have seen such a change when I consistently pray for my heart and for the way I relate to people or the way that I treat my spouse or whatever it may be and see a change. And maybe it's not immediate, but within a couple of days, if I keep praying that prayer, I see such a shift in the way that I'm being a father. And so I think when we read the word and we can see stuff like that, that we could apply to ourselves. Um, one thing that um, I pray a lot is like um, speaking good things over people um, that I would have a humble heart, things like that. It's things that would like Paul said, strengthen my inner man or my spirit or whatever. It's like you do that consistently. And it's like, I will speak as a testimony. I, I've seen that shift where it's like versus my wife saying, Hey, will you go get this or get that? And having frustration over it. Like, well, I'm in the middle of doing something, you know, you do it or whatever. And I know right. I sound like a jerk, but, um, you but do. when I'm like, notice that's an issue and I'm like, okay, Lord strengthen that part of me that I would, like relate to my wife better and treat her better, whatever it may be. And I pray that consistently. And then it's like, I see that shift. And then I notice and the Holy Spirit highlights it. He's like, look at you, you know, you just went and did that and you didn't have a bad spirit about it, you know? And so 
Um, that's, you know, one of the other things is we, we pray for ourselves and just like how we operate, you know, with people and we can see a huge shift in our lives when we pray consistently over those things. So, amen. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So I, uh, I think it's safe to say that (laughs) this was an awesome episode. Um, I would like to, if you, Nathan, could you send me those apostolic prayers? Yes, and I think yeah. we should link those in the bottom, uh, in the description on the video, just so people sure. can see those and what they look like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shoot me over that link after this, and we'll put it in the description. Cool. Uh, you guys have anything else before we close out in prayer? Um, one more thing. No, I'm kidding. Get out of here, <laughs> I'm Nathan. A, I'm like you that guest. That I'm that guest that like makes it <laughs> hours. You guys are yeah. like, okay, you ready to pray? Well, I have one more thing. Yeah, this is a 14 episode series on prayer. Yeah, I love I love the spotlight. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. I don't I don't ever share your guys' stuff, but I'm gonna share this like a hundred times. <laughs> Dude, that's true, you little hater. Hey, I like everything. Hey, I'm, how- just I'm just playing. I'm just okay playing. to the people who do share it. Have you bought any merch yet? What's oh. more important? Right. We're not answering that question, but I will say it. things are about to sell out. I thought they already were. Well, no, there's a couple things left. What are they? I uh, don't think there's anything left. People oh, did, that, go, uh, did it just happen? It just sold know. out? I don't know. Okay, well, just before we move on. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you remember um, or if you saw or heard. <clears throat> we have prayer nights at my church. Once a, once a year, they do three nights of prayer. <laughs> Nathan's like, that's amateur. <laughs> Wait, listen, listen, I'm getting better. Yeah, don't okay, listen, don't speak your negativity over someone else as if they said it, okay? I see in his eyes that he would never say that. Thank <laughs> you. But uh he might think it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um so in those in those nights, um I got to talking to one of the um one of the girls there, and we were talking about how um how it's just such a, like we spent like 45 minutes after talking about how we were diving into um, different spots in the Bible and like just back and forth. And like, it was, it was a really good time. Like she's the pastor's daughter and she's also a worship leader at the church. Uh, shout out Amy. Um, but she was saying like, yeah, this was really cool. Like we need to start doing more of them. And then in, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, um, she reached out and she's like, hey, our next prayer night is coming up at the end of February. So now we're going to be doing monthly prayer nights, you know? So Houston, oh, take back your... Uh... Here we go. Bro, you just... That's amazing. You guys just increased it 12 times larger than, than what yeah. it has been. That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like you were saying, like you see things like starting to stir up and these yeah. things starting to take place. So that was that was something... Um, interesting but off of that um we were doing the one night the basically he sent us a text with like the overtone of tonight is going to be ephesians 4 versus this and this and then like we kind of like snowballed from there um but in doing that i wanted to get like a full context of ephesians so instead of just going in and reading ephesians 4 i wanted to read like the whole the whole book um, and in Ephesians 1, verse 17, 
Mm. I'm wondering if that's one of those prayers that you were oh, and talking I, about. It is, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because yeah. like that. that was that was one that I was like I kept in my back pocket and I wanted to I wanted to use it so badly because the words in it just resonated so much with me. So good. and like I I'm just gonna read it real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> so it says. Um, I keep asking that the God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And so, like, that was just one of the, when I read through that, I was like, this is something I want to be able to just pray constantly yeah. over everybody. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, when you mentioned those, what was it? Apostolic prayers? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much anything that's, like, would be of encouragement to the body of Christ or something that you would pray in, I guess, like, an intercession spirit of, like, God, I'm speaking this over them or asking you to do this in them. And yeah, that's that's my absolute favorite one because it's so just the depth of it. And I love how it ends in 17 where it says that you would give them wisdom and revelation so that they would know you better. And that's what blows me away is it set like in essence saying that they would grow in their knowledge of you, that they would know you better. And it's like, what do we what do we selfishly pray so often is God, give me wisdom to grow my business. Give me wisdom to have more influence in the world. Give me wisdom to, you know, make this girl like me or, you know, whatever the case may be that our culture says. And it's like, in reality, it's saying, ask for wisdom and revelation so that you would know the Father better. So that you, and it's just like, and I think a lot of people, when you say that, they're like, well, how could you know God better? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, well, he shaved you. Like, what else do you need to know? And it's like, <laughs> I want to know it all because he, he says to grow in your knowledge of him. So it's like crazy. That's good. That's really good. All right. I love it. So you, did you have anything else to say, Houston, anything before we uh, close out in prayer? No, I got jokes for days. Well, <laughs> I've had of course you do. I've had to restrain a lot throughout the episode. I feel like I always want to interject and like interrupt people and just like make jokes. And I'm like, say I gotta stop stupid. doing that. Yeah, yeah just yeah. say something stupid. He's good yeah. at those, man. Yeah. Do you guys hear my dog barking throughout uh-uh. it? No. Okay, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear it. Put a supernatural uh, pop filter right. over my mic. That yeah. was your dog. I thought that was the Holy Spirit telling me to buy a cat. <laughs> <laughs> praise God. No, the Holy Spirit would never tell you to get a cat. Cats are demonic. Anybody right. watching this, if you have a cat, get rid of it. All right, why don't you go ahead and pray us out? Okay. Just try not to giggle, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you want me to pray out loud? In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Praise God. That's how you do it. No, okay. All right. Father, I thank you so much um, for this opportunity. God, I thank you for 
times like this that we can encourage each other, that we can sharpen each other. Lord, I ask for every person um, who watches this, God, who has questions about prayer or has uh, prayer needs or just needs to figure it out or needs encouragement um, to learn how to pray or to even just read your word, God, that you would strengthen their hearts, that you would comfort their hearts um, through Sons of the King podcast. Lord, what Aaron and Houston are doing, I pray that you just put um, a special light over them that when people see their videos, when they see this stuff, people are just drawn to it. Father, that you would do something so special in them as they are obedient to you and obedient to your word. God, as they grow in their love for you, God, you have something so special and so specific for them. And I am so thankful to get to be a part of this and, and see them walk this out. Lord, we ask that you would give um, the, the audience, that you would give me, Houston and Aaron, God, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, that we would grow in our knowledge of you, that we would know you better. God, not to, to further um, our ministries, not to further the, the podcast, not to further our businesses, yet that we would have wisdom and revelation just so we would know you better. God, that we would be more intimate with you. God, that we would touch your heart, that we would see the depths of who you are. God, we love you. We give you all the glory. And we ask for just greater revelation of the man, Christ Jesus. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, last thing, I think one of you said earlier, and I think it was a good point of uh, so people know, like, who we're praying to. I think one of you said that, Houston, maybe. But um, I think, yeah, when you're, when you're praying in public, or even on this, what if someone, you know, just happened to, click on the podcast and go to the very end. And they're like, who are they praying to? You know, in Jesus name, you know, just so, <laughs> so people know, or, you know, think of uh, the, the people who just walk up and they're like praying for the people on the street to get healed, you know, and they're just like, father, heal them. And then they walk away and the person's like, <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, what if they get healed? And then they are like, thank you, Allah. And then they just <laughs> go to work. Like, yeah. like he's praying to his father. He's like, that dude's name is that dude's father's name is Ralph. Is he praying to his father, Ralph? <laughs> I know his dad. Yeah, his dad's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. No, it's in Jesus' name. <laughs> so there's the episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And do not forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Also, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, our Instagram, and be super blessed. And it's gonna stay like that. I take pride in the what God got going. Slip through artists with a mug toy on. I run with a king, so this prince got a charm. If they tell you any difference, it was just a puzzle.